1999, Tammy and I moved our three little girls to a place called Paradise, California. And uh, we planted a church in 1999. And uh, you want to know how Hope got its name? In September of 1999, um, there's only three, as you probably now know, there's only three routes out of that city. Neal Road, uh, Pence, and Skyway. I walked up and down Skyway knocking on businesses, and I said, hey, uh, I'm I'm a church planner, I'm planting a church, and uh, I have no idea what to call the name of the church. I said, here's 12 names, would you you vote? So I had all these people voting for the new name of this church that Tammy and I were planning. And then I found out, do you go to church anywhere? And they said, oh yeah, I go to church. So I take their vote off. (laughs) At the end of it, it was overwhelmingly hope. The people in that place needed hope in 1999, and they need it today, as you know. Last Thursday, there was a fire that broke out at 6.30 and traveled 15, 20 miles within three or four hours. In fact, Heather, can you, can you show the, the fir- very first slide? This is paradise. The, the fire started over here. It blew this way. Uh, this is where 60,000 people live. People that I brought to Christ, people that I baptized into Christ, brothers and sisters. We still have so many family and friends there. Now, here's some scenes of of what happened this week. Uh, People could not get out. Uh, A friend of ours, she was in line. People were in the smoke. Why don't you go to the next slide? Um, I I can't even begin to imagine an entire town engulfed in flames. That's, That's what was going on. She literally got out of her car because the flames were coming so fast, and she ran down the street. A lady in another truck, a four while drive pickup truck, had a bunch of people in the back. They all jumped in, and they navigated their way through. Because as the smoke got denser, cars were crashing as they were trying to leave. Let's go. Let's see the next and the next. So all of our friends, there, there were five people that died in their cars. The flames overtook them, and they just torched them. Let's continue to go on. That, that actually looked like the road that our church was, was on. You, uh, let's keep going till we, and that's probably Skyway. Let's go to the next slide. This is Hope Christian Church. I don't know if you can see, but I'm a little younger and I have a little more hair. And uh, that, that is Hope Christian Church in 2006. And uh, they recently expanded the church building. And let, let me show you the next slide. They had just completed an expansion because the church is doing good there. And there's a cross in front of the church and it says, love God and love people because that's one of their core values. That was one of our core values. You love God and you love people. That's what it means to be a Christian. You love people. So let's go to the next slide. That was Thursday morning. The building's gone, but what is left? crosses there. You know, our friends, our brothers and sisters in Christ are devastated there. They're numb. They're crushed in spirit. The adrenaline has worn off. And now they're coming to the realization that they have nothing but the clothes literally on their back. 
They're crushed in spirit. Now, everybody in this room can relate to this. Some way, shape, or form. Because we've all been broken, haven't we? We've all been brokenhearted. We've all been crushed before. Because in this fallen world, it's a guarantee you're going to be crushed. You will have trouble. You will have afflictions. You will have trials. You will have tribulations. And, and they come in various ways, don't they? Emotionally, you can be crushed in spirit. Broken relationships. Rejection. Uh, being unwanted, ridiculed, laughed at, despised. Now many people are living in isolation today. But get this, they're living inside their social media. Are you with me on that? Nod your head if you, if you get what I'm saying. That they are living in isolation, but everywhere you go, you find people doing what? They're living in a fake community. Because they're brokenhearted. They're crushed in spirit. There's, they've been forgotten. And they're hopeless. Now physically, you can be physically crushed, can't you? Your body is in pain. Your joints hurt. Muscles ache constantly. Your very bones can burn with pain. And it's okay to live like that for a season, right? You, We've all lived through some kind of physical pain. But when it becomes chronic and when it becomes every single day there's this pain. Every single moment there's this constant low stress that's eating away at your inside. Do you know what the stats say about people that are broken in their body? That they are crushed and they have chronic pain? 75% of those people will end their marriage and divorce. Because to be the caregiver, it's overwhelming. And then to be in a body that is full of pain all the time is overwhelming. Our friends from paradise are dealing with just physical right now. They don't have a place to live. They don't have clothes. They don't have food. I mean, we've checked. We've, we've accounted for about 95% of, of our friends but they've had to go to Frisco, they've had to go to L.A., they've had to go to Napa, they've had to, they've had to scatter because there's no place for them. Catch that. There's no place for them. That is when we're brokenhearted, when there's no place. Oh, intellectually, your mind can snap, breaks or just fades away. You logically can't think anymore. You don't process information correctly anymore. Your thoughts can't form a cohesive reality on what's going on, right? You become suspicious, especially if there's dementia. You become suspicious of everybody, Alzheimer's. You become frightened. You become paranoid. And then Spiritually, you can be broken, can't you? Everything is stripped away. And you know the, the mind, the body, it has to rest on the foundation of the soul. And if the soul is wobbly and is broken in spirit and you feel alienated from God or alienated from other relationships that were good and speaking truth into your life, your world starts crashing in on you just a little bit more. Your life is going through the motions, but with no purpose, no direction, no destiny, no value, no identity, no joy, no fulfillment. 
And then being broken like that and crushed drives us to many different places, doesn't it? Depression. Nobody in here has ever suffered from depression. We're even afraid to tell people we're depressed. Did you know that? Because we have been taught that we have to be strong. No, Jesus is strong. It's okay to be weak. Can you say that? It's okay to be weak. Jesus is strong. It's okay. You know, we've said it before. It's been around for 10 years. Hurting people hurt people, right? Hurting people hurt other people. There's frustration, there's hopelessness, there's despair, there's anger, there's rage. Do I need to say what drives our mass killings in our nation today? We, this is not new. This has been percolating and being taught in a worldview that excludes Jesus. And now we have people that have grown up in this godless system that they're broken, They are mentally, emotionally, spiritually broken for them to go and do what they do. And being broken and brokenhearted and crushed, you naturally try to cope with it. How many of you have had knee surgery? Raise your hand if you've ever had knee surgery. Okay, Tamara, I'm going to pick on you. You know what happens when you have knee surgery? You have a bum knee. And you still have to walk before surgery, right? You, some people put it up, bone on bone. They just kind of deal with it, right? And what happens is your body naturally copes with it. It compensates so that you start wearing out this knee, right? And then you get this one fixed and then this one's messed up, right? You don't even know that you're subconsciously coping with spiritual dysfunction, emotional dysfunction, physical pain, your body just starts to cope with it. Every person who is brokenhearted and crushed naturally copes, even if the coping mechanisms are unhealthy, are dysfunctional, sinful, are harmful to others and even themselves. It is amazing to meet these little children. Now, this was back in Missouri, but... We knew junior hires and high schoolers that were cutting themselves with razor blades because the pain was so deep in their heart that it actually brought relief to have them cut themselves because it focused the pain away from their heart onto their body. That's, I just can't, it's hard for me to understand how how that works. How do we do that? I mean, what other are these coping mechanisms that are dysfunctional? Drugs, we all knew that. Alcohol, yeah, we knew that. Binge eating, yeah, we know that. Sexual promiscuity, yeah. Dysfunctional sexuality, let me put it that way. Dysfunctional sexuality. Or being a control freak or a master manipulator or a dysfunctional drive to have success so that you can have value. Or power with money. You can be a whiner and a complainer. Do you know that's one way people cope? They become whiners. Or they become blamers. They just blame everybody. That's how they naturally are coping. Those things aren't healthy. Some people are addicted to anger. Do you know any of those people? Yeah. Oh, man. 
and they all drive right here on the 70, don't they? Man, they're addicted to anger. They get in their car and they become the biggest bully in the world and try to run you over because you're not going fast enough for them. And they're going to intimidate you. Why? Because they're broken inside. What drives a person to use a vehicle as an assault weapon? It's not the car. It's something that is broken inside and they don't know how to fix it and they're trying to cope as much as they can. There's a thousand different ways to cope. Now, grab your Bibles, turn to Psalm 34. Psalm 34. We're going to look at just 18 and 19, and then we'll follow up with a little in Corinthians. A little in Corinthians. Psalm chapter 34, I'm reading out of the ESV today, that's English Standard Version, beginning at verse 18, and it says this. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. Did you know that was in the Bible? The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Verse 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Kind of blows your worldview up right there. I thought only good things happened to good people. No, no, no. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him, and that's a him or her, out of them what? All. Let me read it again. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Many are are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Isn't that beautiful? That'll get you through the day when you realize that you are not alone and the Lord is there to save the the brokenhearted. Later on in Isaiah, it says that Jesus is so gentle and so loving and so kind that if your wick is smoldering just on the verge of burning out, he will not snuff it out. Or if your reed is bent and broken, he will not snap it off thinking that it's useless. Paul says it this way in Corinthians, Corinthians chapter 4. I'm just going to read it to you. It says this, We are afflicted in every way but not crushed, perplexed but not driven to despair, persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. And then if you drop down to verse 16, it says, So we do not lose heart. Though our our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we do not look at the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. Although the building is gone, Hope Christian Church isn't gone because we're reminded that the church isn't a steeple, it's a people. Are you with me on that? Church isn't a place, it's not a building, it's not a steeple, it's the people. And so... Here's what I got yesterday, a text. 
through some friends and some others, they were able to find a place in Chico where Hope Christian Church is meeting today to gather to praise Jesus. Because the Lord is the one who saves the crushed. And it is the Lord who is so near the brokenhearted. So how, how does the Lord, how is he close to the brokenhearted? How does he save the crushed in the spirit? It's a legitimate question because people are in isolation so much today. You have to then say, how does the Lord save the crushed? How is he near the brokenhearted? Yes, there are affliction, but how does the Lord deliver one out of them? You know what? Uh, uh, the, the way he is, uh, how he accomplishes that, how he's close to the brokenhearted is not through isolation, but through the body of Christ. Isn't it weird? I, I mean, even as a kid, I, I, I was trying to get my head wrapped around it then, and here I am older, and, and I, I still try to get my head wrapped around that. The scripture says that the church, you all, are the body of Christ. Isn't that kind of weird? I mean, it's like, how can a bunch of people be the... This is, this is the truth. Here's the bottom line. The world needs a tangible Jesus. The crushed need a tangible Jesus. The brokenhearted need a tangible Jesus. You are carrying around you the spirit of Christ in you and you become the body of Christ to come alongside those who are brokenhearted and crushed in spirit. Yeah, the Holy Spirit will do only what he can do and he does it marvelously, but then he asks us to be the hands and feet of Jesus to one another, to those who are brokenhearted and crushed. Open up your bulletin if you can, if you have one. This is our picture frame and and why don't you go ahead and throw that up on the board tells us about our mission, our values, our measurements, and how we get it accomplished. We go over this about every six months, whether you realized it or not, but now I'm just telling you, this is what we do every six months because we need each other. We are a family, and this is how the Lord helps those who are broken, those who are crushed, those that are weak, those that are in isolation to come back into community. What is our mission? Building and restoring relationships. This church is not about shock and awe. Did you see a smoke machine up here this morning? Did you see 17 people all polished singing like a, a perfect worship song to impress you? Because those things are temporal. Did this patches say that the things that are eternal are things that are unseen and the things that are unseen is that we're all the body of Christ. Amen? Man. And so our mission is to build relationships and to restore those relationships. Sometimes they're horizontal relationships. Sometimes they're vertical relationships. Sometimes there's people that God runs us smack into so that we can be the tangible feet and hands of Jesus because they are brokenhearted. 
You don't know anybody else's story until you get to know them and be in a relationship with them. And we are about building and restoring relationships that last forever. That means they're eternal. That means that we can have friends that are 100 miles away and still we're connected to them through the Spirit of Christ. That's, I, I've been texting the pastor back and forth from, from Hope. And I'm like, we're going to be there in spirit with you. We're there. We're at 1 o'clock, which is 2 o'clock our time. We're going to be there in spirit. Because we are connected. And then our values. We've talked about this. Love. Loving all people like Jesus. That's the qualifier, isn't it? Like Jesus loves. And then the second core value is authenticity. Oh, so missing in our world today. Because we're, we're a society of posers. We project an image that I've got my life together instead of being real and authentic. People have a radar about them. They can tell when you're being fake when you are being a poser, when you're being a master manipulator, it just kind of registers on their radar. And one of the things that the world needs most of all is authenticity. Jesus, here I am, warts and all. You love me and you accept me. Can't we do the same for one another? That doesn't mean that you, you come as you are, but he, you get transformed because Jesus living inside of you. That's not a license to sin or a license to be, well, this is just who I am. No, we come as we are. We're authentic. If I got a big tumor right here and I just put makeup on it, what good is that? But if I say, I got this ugly thing on my nose, on my face, and I got to deal with it, that's authenticity. And then there's the other core value that we have is transformation. Jesus' driven process of radical change that thrives in kingdom living takes us as we are and changes us. That is just the most remarkable, beautiful thing because I know how ugly I am inside. I, I have seen my, my bad days and I think, how in the world does Jesus love me? But what did we learn last week? What it was the phrase I had you repeat? What did the thing that I text out on Wednesday? Jesus wants me. Jesus wants me? Jesus wants... Some of you are still struggling with that. You don't think you're good enough. Or you don't think... Jesus wants me. Say it with me. Jesus wants me. That's transformation. Now I'm, uh, now I'm motivated to go do anything for Jesus. Before I had to, now I get to. Are you with me on that? And then we talk about our, our, our measures on, on the right side of our picture frame. Intentional, loving relationships. What does my wallet and my schedule say about my love for others? Am I close to someone who is far away from Jesus so that I'm trying to share love with them and love on them? And am I making someone's life better? 
Am I a giver? Am I making someone else's life better? In authentic relationships with people, am I living in community? Am I living honestly with God and others and myself? Are there people in my life that point me to Jesus? Are there any people in my life that I point to Jesus? But my favorite part of of this side of authentic relationships is this one. Do I have any 2 a.m. friends? It's a short list, isn't it? But I hope that list is generated here. And as we're real and authentic and loving, we start to realize, you know what? We're flawed, but we love each other and we want to take care of each other. And you're on my 2 a.m. list. And I hope that I'm on your 2 a.m. list. Oh, I don't want to bother you. Forget that nonsense. We need each other because the Lord is near the brokenhearted. How? How? through the hands and feet of Jesus. And so, am I a 2 a.m. friend? Do I have a 2 a.m. friend? Last one on that side is a trans... uh, Can you go back? Last one on this side is a transformational relationship with Jesus. If you spend a day with me today, would you know that I follow Jesus? If you were to spend a day with me, that's what you're asking yourself... Telling another person, if you were to spend the day with me, would you know that I follow Jesus? The tougher question, that is a good question, but what do I think Jesus sees when he looks at me? What do I think Jesus sees when he looks at me? A piece of trash? Then you're wrong. Or a work in progress? Then you're right. And then the last, our strategy, how do we do this? Fellowship through gathering together, eating that we get to do today. We get to eat today. Woohoo. But we do life together. That's what fellowship is. We do life together. And sometimes it's about fixing things. I don't know what to do here. Can you fix something for me? And, you know, I I put shocks on the very first time in my life on my pickup. It's 18 years old. And I didn't know how to do it. Now, before YouTube, you had to actually go find somebody that knew how to do it, right? But YouTube is, again, a way that you become isolated because you don't need to go ask somebody and say, look, I don't know how to change shocks. Can you help me? Charles, I've never change shocks you ran a garage tell me how to do it see now I just go to YouTube I cut off that relationship but being in now relationship I can go I went to Lawrence Lawrence I need to change shocks I've never done it that's what happens when we're in true fellowship it's this isn't fellowship when one guy's talking and everybody's listening this is a lecture this is a sermon this is a message fellowship's going to happen after when we sit at those tables and we're eating and we're conversing with one another and being authentic and genuine and real. And then accountability through small groups and relationships. Accountability. And then we model biblical behavior and leadership. The next 
One is I, instruction for life from God's word. L is for love one another. And the Y is probably my favorite. Be yourself. No cookie cutters needed. God has given you such a unique personality, but we have been trained to conform to all look alike, smell alike, like all the same things. I don't think that's a lot of fun. But when you get to be yourself, and what does that spell out? It's an acronym, F-A-M-I-L-Y. The way we've talked about it before is, does it pass the napkin test? Now, throw that next slide on. Can you remember this enough that at home you can write it on a napkin? It doesn't have to be complicated. We're about building and restoring relationships that last forever. We have to, our core values are love, authenticity, transformation. How do we know that we're doing those things? By intentionally having good relationships, authentic relationships, and transforming power through our relationship with Christ. And what does it actually look like? Family, fellowship, accountability, modeling, all instruction from life from God's word, loving one another, and being yourself. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And he's close to us through the body, through biblical community. And our heart breaks for our brothers and sisters on a ridge far away from here but they're going to be okay they're going to be okay you know why they're going to be okay because the hands and feet of Jesus are loving on them today let me pray